Hi, I'm Lewis from Evan Ivory, and you're listening to the podcast. Welcome back to the broadcast. Um, I'm your host, Dario, and as you already heard, with me today is Luis from Evan Ivory, calling from all the way from Australia again. Uh, two, two weeks ago, we had Jim from Caligula's Horse on the show, and uh, I'm pretty sure you guys know each other, and you hopefully will tour uh, together in the United States next year. Uh, fingers hopefully. crossed that, that will happen. Um, before we start uh, off and talk uh, with Luis about everything Ebon Ivory, of course, the um, last episodes are still up for you to uh, listen to. Last week we had The Sorcerer from Art Against Agony. Um, also, maybe a, a little tip for you, uh, Luis, if you like some um, yeah, interesting, fresh and uh, unique uh, take on instrumental prog metal and their newest ep is entirely electronic um cool so um yeah they're they're definitely a very interesting band uh, i've been following for a while um of awesome. course i'll give it a spin yeah cool um of course on monday we had our what's hot list as always it was the last one from may and that means there's a best of what's hot in, um for may for the month of may to 20 uh 2020 and um yeah originally i wanted to post it yesterday but i'm gonna post it today like uh, after we wrap up this conversation because obviously cool. yesterday was not the time to post 100%. stuff like this and uh i'm pretty sure you guys all know what's going on in the world and yeah in in the united states um more specifically but you guys in Ebon Ivory also um, made a post about that, which I really, really liked um, that you spoke mm. up about it. And um, yeah, I also liked the fact that you not only like talked about it, you also put some put together some links for donations. For um, yeah, maybe you can you can talk a little bit about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was uh, I, I was sort of thinking about it yesterday when we um when we were talking about putting the post up as a group and i think for as seemingly small and menial as our platform may be at this point like you know it i think anyone that has any kind of voice and any kind of following and any kind of means by which you can reach a lot of people with information there's almost a responsibility and uh, a, a duty almost to be able to not influence, but to be able to educate and to inform. And if we have a platform by which we can let, you know, a couple of thousand people know some really good and really helpful places that they can go to be able to help some people out who are really in need at the moment and people who are so under listened to and underappreciated and unrecognized, unfortunately still in this modern age, then I feel like we have an absolute, you know, it is our, it's our duty to do so. So I suppose that's where they desire to put that first up came yesterday. But um, yeah, we, it, it's a very uniform feeling across the guys in the band. And I can imagine a lot of the people in the world right now that there is 
some very serious need for change and very serious time to take a step back for people like us and to be able to allow people that haven't had the voice and had the platform to use their voice to finally have it, which I think is the most important thing. I absolutely agree with that statement. Um, yeah, from that more serious matter, let's dive into the music, and we like uh, to amazing. Uh, we like to open up the conversation with a little section that we like to call "What's in Your Walkman," and there you can like recommend, uh, give a shout out to anything that you've been listening to lately, be it old, new, or like well known or obscure. So, what you've been listening to lately? What What's in your Walkman, Luis? My last couple of spins, as far as albums are concerned, I'm a big, like, personally, my background comes from, like, jazz and blues and funk and stuff like that. So I've been spinning a lot of Wolfpack as per every single time I ever put headphones in. I always listen to Wolfpack. Like, every single one of their albums is just, like, put a smile on your face and make you want to dance and walk real fast. It's such good music. Uh, same goes for Tom Mish like everything Tom Mish has ever put out is just like beautiful incredibly recorded and orchestrated music that just puts a huge smile on my face um, another Melbourne uh, Melbourne producer a musician Bailey Judd he just put out a couple of new singles that I've like not been able to turn off um, yeah lots of, lots of funk stuff lots of sort of disco vibes but you know, stuff that puts a smile on your face. That's usually the stuff that I tend to go for if I'm putting something on the old headphones. That's cool. Let me know yeah. the like uh, some like three specific song recommendations later, um, so I can put them into the playlist that we're um, that are that is connected to this show. And, awesome. Um, so people can check it out if they don't know um the artists you just mentioned cool. i mean of course i know wolfpack but i think i didn't know the other two so i'll also be very interested to have a listen um how good's yeah. wolfpack though oh my god man. <laughs> they're it. like the best band of all time <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's just oh, some, some 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 bands out there where you just listen and, and oh. watch them if you have the video and you're just like yeah as you said put a smile on your face with the oh, sheer man, like, that like, Madison... like, like just the, the 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 sheer joy of making music. Oh, hundred percent, man! That Madison Square Garden performance, like yeah. to see a band that I've been following for a while, be able to grow in the way that they have and do a performance like that, which is like one of the biggest places that you can hope to ever play. Yeah. Oh man, that video puts such a smile on my face. Yeah. I watched it back to front like five times. It's so good. And and having the 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 entire fucking audience like singing the, the the multiple part harmony <laughs> just just like singing a bass line as well like every time they play dean town the audience is like louder than the band it's absolutely <laughs> insane but anyway good good stuff good music awesome so um yeah i'm i'm also listening to lots of music and the, the last week i've been a little bit like checking out what stuff i missed or what stuff i need to go back to from this year that was released this year we're almost reaching the 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 mid-year uh midway uh, point 2020 already it's uh crazy and um so i was uh checking out or i was revisiting two eps from two very different bands from montreal in canada one is a more more um math rocky 
but also like heavier prog metal influences. They're called Bird, Bird Problems. And mm. their EP is called Beyond the Nest. And uh, I'm going to put the first song of that EP, Pigeon Superstition. Very, very funny uh, names and, um, and really cool music. Aviation themed. <laughs> yeah. And the other one is called Transcend. Like, I think nine years ago, they had an album called The Mind. So the, it would, if you read the, the um, band name and the album title together, it, it would read Transcend The Mind. Yeah, and I think that was in 2011, and now they have something between EP and an album out. It's it's called an album on Spotify, but it's like 30 something, 35 minutes or or something like that. It's called Balance One, and it's it's really really good um, melodic cool. prog metal, also with with various influences. So not only your generic melodic prog metal type. So those are really mm. top, two top-notch um, uh, EPs. Uh, I would say that that were released this year. That I wanted to give uh, another shout out here. And uh, last, but definitely not least, um, once once again, a little side note from what I saw online yesterday um, was, um, of course, the bigger the bands, the the more um, hateful comments and like unfollows you 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 will see in the comment sections. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. So three three of the bigger artists, I checked out the comment sections a little bit before it was too much for me. Um, yeah, it was uh, Stephen Wilson, uh, Mike Portnoy, and also Marillion. And mm. um, it's uh, it's been a while since they put out this song. It's a cover version from a band. I think they were called Rare Earth or Rare Bird mm. from the 80s. So this song is called Sympathy. And um, I think it was in the beginning of the 90s that they, they covered this song. And yeah, I just want to wanted to add this song to the playlist and yeah uh hope someone will some big, listen big, <laughs> yeah big name big names covering it though like you've, when you've got like guys like that who are working on bringing that piece of music back like it'd be it'd be rude not to listen to it you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. um all right that was our little what's in your walkman section <clears throat> um mm. But Evan Ivory's got a new album coming out uh, exactly that we in two, do, that in we two do. days. So when when you when when the listeners are gonna listen, when you are gonna listen to this, uh, it's gonna be tomorrow, on Friday, uh, June fifth. You guys got lucky because Haken uh, pushed back the albums for two weeks, so you don't mm. have that competition. We've fi- we've got a smooth sailing. Oh baby, you gotta <laughs> believe there was a big weight off our shoulders when that one was, and like before. Not be- not before we uh, be- not before we were mates with them, but before we sort of had like the little inside scoop on what was happening on uh, the new um, Caligula's Horse album. The first date that we got told, just like offhandedly, I think it was by Dale that they had for putting the album out was the exact same date that we had, and yeah. we were just like, "Holy fucking shit, we're gonna move this fucking album. We have to move. We have to go so far away from them putting that album out." Because that album was absolutely unreal. Oh my god! Absolutely, I agree with you on that as well. Um, yeah, I've been spinning that a lot. 
um, for weeks uh, already now. Actually, funky jams. Actually, less since it came out. I like I kind of tend to to spin albums excessively with, with my, like you know my promo uh, early access download until they come out and then I move on to the next one that's about to come out soon because I'm kind of yeah. you know maybe writing a review or. Uh, um, well, uh, or maybe I'll have a band member uh, here in the broadcast, and I have to talk about it. So um, mm. yeah, I've got some interesting listening patches, and I'm, it's it's always uh, funny when when you know you got your bunch of friends on on uh, from all over the world on Facebook, and you mm. talk with them about music, and they always put out their uh, like weekly charts, what the charts, what they've been listening to, uh, whatever. Um, connecting Spotify with Last FM so that so they have always their their charge what they've been listening to. Mm. And most of the stuff I I listen to is is not out yet anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna the, say the, there's the, probably something the, there's probably something a little sneaky too about just knowing that you're listening to it before other people are gonna be able to listen to it. You just say yeah. like, I'm gonna fucking play the shit out of this. I'm gonna play this. So much just because I know no one else can listen to it. <laughs> yeah, and and in the case of uh, the Caligula's Horse album, Rise Rise Radiant, it's just uh, too good not to listen to to. Hundred uh... percent, man. <laughs> But we want to talk about Evan Ivory today, and yeah, of course. Um, yeah, to be to be honest, I hadn't heard about Evan Ivory until last uh, September when. You guys put out the video for Tales of Termina. And oh, yeah. a good friend of mine, Marcouin de Sable, he's the drummer of bands like Natural Disorder and Archetype. Um, yeah, he, he he shared it and I, I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like <laughs> the, the music was cool and the video was just, it was one of the, best videos we we watched last year because um you know my my colleague randy and i we we used to do this together now we try to focus more on the interviews um mm. but since randy's coming from with freaks tv he's coming from from a, a video uh, and and filmmaking angle we we used to watch videos together more or less on the show and talk about mm. it and that was definitely one of the best music videos we we saw last year um, oh thanks man <laughs> we put that was such a massive shoot too like oh my god like uh, we sort of if you like if he's randy's come from film and i'm sure you've seen him as well like we were quite influenced by like edgar wright when we were going into that one so like Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz like that henshaw like the punch zooms and all that sort of thing but that was like that whole video was shot between two days like two 19 hour days of shooting with the amazing dave hunter who's the drummer for circles who uh also does incredible videographer work and um it was it was unreal man it was like every like scene that you're trying to shoot you have to shoot it three times because you're shooting it for three days like oh yeah. man it was it was mental and um it uh, like thematically uh It reminded me a little bit of uh, um, the Truman Show, and but but kind of mixed with the yeah. Groundhog Day. <laughs> If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so the the original idea was for it to be based on um, uh, Majora's Mask, the the Zelda game, hence Tales of Termina. Oh, okay. Because um, it's like that sort of like three 
that like repeating cycle and every time you repeat that cycle you sort of learn more about it and you see more about it and you you sort of become exposed to more of it but yeah 100 get the truman show vibe 100 get the groundhog day vibe just like reliving that cycle over and over again anyway before we uh, get back to the new album uh called uh no i didn't write down the name and it slipped my it was the long dream one right yeah um, it uh coming out this friday um i mean you guys have been around a couple of years um more mm. uh b before i discovered you so um yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about the the history of the band and and what you've been up to the the past years and um from what i've gathered the the lineup was pretty consistent from the beginning right We've like uh, there's been consistent trails that have gone from the very beginning. Like even before I was Evan Ivory, this was sort of like there was proto Evan Ivory's like other bands that we were in where there was like a couple of members who were, who ended up being members of Evan Ivory and stuff like that. And there have been a couple of men, uh, there have been a couple of changes, but we've all been playing music together for like as long as we have been playing music. Right. And uh, I think the really uh, as far as we're concerned in the band anyway like the band almost was reborn uh, when we when we got to play progfest uh about 18 months ago now um when we first got to meet the guys from wild thing and we got that opportunity and then like the absolute whirlwind that's occurred since then like it, it, it's almost like a t an entirely different beast like we've had so many opportunities thrust upon us which have been so exciting and we've had so many experiences that have just reminded us why we do what we do and got to meet such amazing people and sort of like form these these friendships and these bonds it's um yeah it's been absolutely incredible but yeah like you said we have been around for a little while but uh yeah really this last sort of 18 months has been the been the really defining part of the band it's been awesome wow so before that you you guys already had one album Uh, that's mm. five years old now, The Only Constant, and uh, mm. two EPs, one before, one after the album. Um, uh, uh, okay, it's diff different to, to, to get into the, this question without already uh, incorporating the, the new album cycle, let's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, put it like that, because... Uh, I mean, I, I would like to know how how much has changed, like in your uh, your like the band's approach to songwriting and and producing uh, music. Um, uh, but then when I when I actually when I look at at the release um, releases of the singles that are on the Long Dream one, then I, then mm. I see that there's like six or seven seven singles that date back as far as. Uh, 2017 with a color I'm blind mm. to and there's like yes and and the the um you only announced the album with the last single introvection if I recall correctly yeah I think with explosions uh in the dark there was no that was said yeah soon there's gonna be album info maybe but you announced yeah. the album with introvection only so um yeah how did that come about like yeah for you as a band uh your approach to so, producing and songwriting um yeah, yeah. compared to so, before maybe <laughs> the yeah so releases. like the the um i think 
the way to imagine it, obviously, with it being the long dream one, this is like a part of a of a greater greater whole. There will be a long dream too. Definitely not five years in the making. It'll be much sooner after this. But um, imagine it being more like one enormous session. Like when we finished sort of tracking and recording, which was probably three or four years ago now, we had about 32, 33 like finished songs, like pre-vocals, but still like, Heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of music. And it was all going to come under the banner of the long dream. But I suppose at the time we didn't really know how that was going to sort of like uh, quantify how that was going to come together and what form that was going to take. So I suppose that's what led to us sort of following the single game where it was just like as the song was finished and we were proud of it, we were happy with what it was going to be. We put it out just so that we could keep the content train going while we sort of worked out what it was we actually wanted the album to look like. Um, as far as the writing process and stuff is concerned, I don't think it's ever really changed that much for us. Like we are very, as a band driven by motifs and like uh, very simple ideas that we can sort of extrapolate and take as far as we possibly can. Like, Obviously, with you having listened to the album, you could probably tell there's like four melodies in the whole album. There's like oh, there's like very little material that we stretch as far as we can, so that you can feel like when you listen to the whole album, there's little tidbits from other songs, and you can feel like the whole thing is one sort of bigger musical statement than just a bunch of different songs. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's sort of why the uh, why the singles were were came out in the way that they did, where it was just like it took us just a little while to work out what that final product was going to look like. But when we did, we'd sort of we'd realized that it had all been sitting there already. We just needed <laughs> to put it together. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, talking about those motives, uh, I've I, I've been listening to it a couple of times now the last week, the whole album, and yeah, there's definitely. Uh, I think there's there's one melody that like at the very 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 end of uh, of the album of introvection like th this life is not for me or something like this like yeah, 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 melody, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember it like um kind of uh yeah discovering it at the very beginning of the album as well like oh I know this yeah, melody yeah, 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 yeah. because I had listened to man. to introvection a lot of times already Uh, before mm. I got the the promo copy, um, mm. so yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, and um, so with this the single game, this it's also um, I think it's very interesting to to uh, look at it and think about it um, on a on a on a global level, so to speak. Not only like. Uh, um, in terms of internal Evan Ivory stuff. Um, mm. Because there's there's been other bands like uh, Archentype from Norway who have mm. been doing this to, to I think, uh, uh, great success. They I think they, they put out four, four singles now over the last one and a half years. And their mm. drummer, uh, Simon, is uh, always eager to... Um, Yeah, just to to see what 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 people want or or how how they perceive the the uh, release um, game of 100%, the band. man. Um, and like, if you if you've got a lot of material that, and I don't not that I would sort of think about it in terms of the music that we're sort of doing 
or any music for that matter. But if you are the sort of band that are writing every, every song sort of with the intention that it could be like a lead single, if that makes sense, like if every single song that you write you could have as your single, then why not put them all out as singles? You're constantly giving people an opportunity to be able to experience a new release, which is always exciting for everyone because if you blow your load on a whole album, then you can't go back and re-release a single from it, you know. But then it also continually allows for that discourse with your fans where it's like, here's a new piece of material, get the information back, people can listen to it, they can hear it, and then when it gets back to you, you can reassess and you can be like, awesome, people are loving this or maybe this isn't quite exactly what people thought they wanted from us, maybe we can reassess and see where we're going from there. Like it gives you a lot of room to play and a lot of room to wiggle. Yeah, that's uh, really, really inter interesting uh, thoughts um, about about this release. Uh, yeah, how, how, how you can really approach releasing music uh, in this day and age uh, where you don't have to like... Uh, you don't need a lot of uh like uh, gather some like a lot of funding to be able to press uh, a, a vinyl or whatever you know what i mean mm. you can just like yeah. finish the song and put it out there there's uh you can do it you you don't even need a record label <laughs> oh man like a a 15 year old kid can write a dance hit in his bedroom on a laptop and make millions of dollars like it's it's possible it's it's so user friendly now i guess And I suppose the argument can also be made that it does lead to a bit of an oversaturated market. But, like, an oversaturated market in a market of creatives isn't really so oversaturated. There's just more people being given an opportunity to be creative. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong or, or with that. Or being, being heard, like, or putting their 100%, stuff out there. Man. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. I remember when SoundCloud was first sort of kicking off and, like, the sheer ability of you just being able to be like, oh, I can just put out some dumb little cover that I did in my room for all of my 50 friends to see. And then you watch it and you're just like, oh, cool, someone I've never met in my entire life has listened to this. <laughs> like, it's cool. It's a, it's an exciting way for people to experience your, your product. It's uh, uh, funny that you mentioned SoundCloud. It reminds me, I don't I don't know where where it came up, Like recently, I thought about this, and I don't. Maybe I even talked about it here on the broadcast, um, but or maybe not. I don't remember which situation it was, but it reminded me of. Um, yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, when <laughs> uh, it must have been 2015. No, earlier. Mm. A little bit earlier, definitely. Because um, Tesseract Alder St Alder State came out in 2015, and yeah. I remember their lead single "Singularity," the radio edit without the chorus at the very beginning. They they mm. put it out on SoundCloud, like <laughs> not on YouTube, like everybody else. Oh did. yeah, true, true, true. And uh, the other band uh, where I was going crazy about the first single of a new album coming out on SoundCloud officially. Uh, that was uh, Leprous um, mm. for uh, Cole um, uh, Chronic. Uh, with a, with Wasn't a... there also like when P2 came out, Scarlet was put up on the Sumerian SoundCloud page or something like that? Was that could, how that worked? Could, I feel could, like there was a very similar thing. Could, could very well be, but I have to admit I n I've never been into 
periphery that much. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, it's not for everyone. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about your influences uh, um, because I think you guys, you you don't stick to just, you know, one um, modern prog metal sound that has been established by now. There, there's mm. definitely more influences shining through that um, um, I have trouble maybe pinpointing them because I'm not that much familiar with those influences coming from like yeah. really, really maybe close-minded prog angle you know <laughs> yeah well i suppose like it would be almost remiss of me to say that like we as a band aren't necessarily the biggest fans of like prog music as a thing like it's not something that we actively are like this is our favorite genre this is the thing that we listen to wholeheartedly this is what we love it's not that we don't like it like uh, honestly for me personally like periphery is probably one of my favorite bands of all time and i definitely Uh, incredibly influenced by them and I know a lot of us are but I feel like a lot of our musical taste and the things that we're trying to say with our music prog just gives us an outlet that's like oh you can do anything you know like prog isn't so much like a, oh you're playing prog metal you have to do x and you have to do y it's more just like oh okay you've just got this it's a format by which you can do you can do and say anything because it falls under the genre of prog like for a lot of us our background is like pop punk and alternative rock like i know for dave parks and myself like avenge sevenfold and day to remember are like probably some of our biggest influences as far as music is like alternative music is concerned like i know for charlie like jimmy Eat world and Eskimo Joe and a lot of alternative rock is his big background. Ewings is probably the most through and through metalhead in the band. Like his whole history is like coming up in like a thrash metal band, like doing like fucking like cartwheels with his hair and stuff on stage when he was 15 and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then like, like, yeah, we've our, our influences are so far afield from what I suppose maybe the the pigeonhole of prog might be in terms of what people might think that we listen to. But yeah, yeah we we use prog more as a an avenue for being able to do whatever we want, if that makes sense. Because Absolutely. when you do prog, it's like it. No one, no one bats an eye if you do a song in seven eight or something like that. But if we went to an alternative rock show and started doing songs in seven eight and had screaming sections, people would you know walk away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, looking looking at the singles again, like like the the chronology uh, chronology of singles and. Um, At first, I thought they were like a com they were completely um, like on the album chronologically as they were put out, but they're not not entirely like there's like a, like a rough time because like the 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 last uh, three singles are at the end and the last single is at the very end, but and, mm. and patting the black dog is roughly in the middle. But uh, yeah, also at the beginning, there's some switches. So how did you go about uh, like putting the album together once you had all the songs uh, ready? I think the, there was always a couple 
of songs that we go into them intending that they flow into other songs. Like you'd probably notice that the, the flow from uh, patting the black dog all the way through like seasons and in reverie and cats and all of those sort of softer songs in the middle, they all flow very intentionally. Like the, the spaces between the songs are very written. And that was sort of an idea that had come way back in the writing phase. But with all of the other ones, it's more like a, if we think the track listing works as like a sort of a journey, once everything's mastered, we put all of the mastered tracks into a new session and create all those little ambient bits that go in the middle. Like that's more of a thing that comes, comes in the, in, in, in towards the end, I think, as far as stitching it all together is concerned. Okay, and um, like uh, thematically, uh, moving away a little bit from the music, um, more to towards the the lyrics and and this uh, kind of content. Um, how are the songs connected, or are they connected? And what, what's is there a greater theme, like the themes, the musical themes popping up here and there? Um, yeah, I, I I think the. Uh, I've I've sort of had a couple opportunities to talk about this over the last couple of weeks. And I feel like the, the best way to describe it is that ultimately for us as a band, it's a bit of a coming of age sort of nostalgia trip. Like it's, it, it's to do as far as the album is concerned with, you know, growing up and learning that the things that you might once have held dear aren't, something that you need to be responsible for anymore but there's new things that you need to be responsible for and coming to coming to terms with that and coming to terms with growing up and uh and and the new responsibilities that come with that but i think especially given how long this album's been in the works and um how long we've been working on some of these songs like tales of terminator has been around for the best part of a decade in some form like these songs have been around for a really long time And even now, without the album having even coming out, we look back on it in such a nostalgic way that it's almost like we've written it for ourselves, if that makes sense. Like for us to be able to look up, look back on the people we were, you know, two years ago, four years ago, eight years ago, whenever it was. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of therapeutic in a really weird way for us, and we're we're very glad that it's finally going to be able to go out because I feel like the longer we'd sit on this. The uh, the weirder it would feel with us constantly looking back on these older versions of ourselves, but um, yeah, definitely uh, a, a discussion of uh, of of growing up. I think is probably the the, the smoothest way of putting it. All right. Um, yeah, uh, you you mentioned earlier our kind of a, a saturated market uh, as far as releases go. Um, one thing with the whole corona crisis going on and many people uh sitting at home for once and a lot of bands uh, not being able to tour anymore for the time being mm. um it when when it all started to go down in march it uh was very very quickly that Uh, there was so many bands that started to do um, some streaming stuff, like uh, mm. in in all various shapes or forms. That um, yeah, it, 
the 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 last weeks also like the weekends there there would be three or four different streams in the evenings that I would the Friday Saturday evening that I would would like to see so I had to choose and that was mm. a, that was yeah. like the prime example of a market being like from zero to two thousand fully uh, yeah <laughs> uh, uh, did you did you watch any streams so far yourself any from any of your favorite bands um yeah man the the code orange the code orange kids one did you watch that ah yeah and i no i oh, didn't man, I, was... I i actually i watched the videos they put out for the like the the videos leading up to the new album and um well i i knew their name only because they were on tour with gojira ones gojira and carbon yeah. and i i was not mm. at the show unfortunately it was, it was a couple of years ago uh but so yeah i knew their name and i know they're they're like more in the yeah i don't know hardcore metalcore they're sort um, of yeah they're, um, they're def definitely in that sort of hardcore vein but it is like so well produced yeah, so uh, well put together like really exciting to watch it's very cool i i i didn't uh um listen to the whole album when it came out but those i think it was three three videos that kind of like built on each other story wise mm. uh, quite disturbing as well but the the, the video yeah. production um made me appreciate also the music a bit more if that makes sense <laughs> and i and i yeah, and that no, was absolutely. The, that i remember that was at the very beginning um of the whole lockdown thing and uh mm. i remember seeing that that was a huge success that a lot of people watched it and it was kind of there i think it was their release gig as well for their for the album yeah, yeah that was that was what they did yeah it was um yeah very cool i was super impressed with the with the way they did it like it was just so high um so high fidelity and so so well done it just looked so good i was yeah very very happy to be able to watch that one from home yeah um last weekend uh we had two norwegian bands on saturday and sundays uh, saturday was madam morton presented by us at the proc space um still a very underground band but uh amazing band as well on sunday mm. there was leprous um they are of course mm. the um the talk of the uh, town as you say <laughs> i don't know uh, yeah um, man i mean uh they're just um one yeah, of one the, of ewings is the one of ewings is the other guitarist's favorite band he absolutely <laughs> loves them to bits yeah and they're 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 somehow at the at the forefront of the modern prog metal uh stuff that's uh not afraid to go into other territories such as yeah also taking like pop influences and all all that kind of stuff um 100% what 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 i what i noticed with the leprous stream which was also a huge success for them i believe as far as i can tell mm. uh which makes me also happy of course knowing the guys for a long long time um what uh, was kind of uh very very um uh how do you say it um anyway <laughs> i i can't find the word right now um <laughs> um so once they they put out the, the uh, put, uh, one of their posts on the facebook was uh flooded with hundreds hundreds of fake links uh 
to their stream to supposedly their stream like by scam websites that put up <laughs> like that took their images and their uh promo text to promote the live stream and then like put thousands of links there he uh, watched the live lepra's official live stream here um uh and and then we'll direct you to a site where you have to put in your credit card details and they say we won't charge you because that's so crazy and i think wow that's like uh, lepra's that's really low as well especially in this time like with when bands are struggling so much and the industry is struggling so much to try and be able to make a cheap buck off something like that like that's pretty low yeah it was like i think 500 comments and four 450 probably was just spam spam and scam at the same time it was so crazy <laughs> and I, I i just wanted to talk about it here on the show the, hopefully maybe some people will listen to it and uh, hopefully all of you guys out there who are watching live streams that are um handled by um uh streaming providers where you can buy a ticket for five or ten euros which is a great way to support the band as well which i would encourage mm. you to do um yeah 100%. Be be sure to take the official link and not some some scammy sp spam <laughs> website. Um yeah, uh we we don't know for now how the the rest of the year is going to look like regarding live options. Um have you mm. guys thought about doing some something in this direction? Yeah, look, I think the as far as like a stream or something like that is concerned, we do have a couple of little things in the works that we can't really announce just yet. But we do have some stuff that we're that we're working on as far as um, let's say like a substitute for for like an album tour or an album launch or something like that. But um, with the way Australia is looking at the moment, and thankfully the 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 process here has been you know conducted quite well and the the uh the reaction to covid was quite quick and it's been uh it's been managed fairly well like i think it could be maybe we'll play by the end of the year like maybe yeah. it would be amazing if we could i'm not putting any dates on or bets on or of anything course, like that no, but no, no one if can we, know at this point a hundred percent, man. But like, there are already a couple of uh, a couple of venues which are finally being able to reopen, like just for just for drinks and food that we've absolutely loved. So even if it's not to go see a show of your favorite band, I reckon just if you can get out there and support those venues, just so that they can get themselves back on their feet, so that when we all can start playing shows again, that they can you know same, afford same to get here, the bands same and here, stuff man. down there and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Actually, important. That that um, SoundCloud single. Uh, conversation happened last week in the beer garden meeting with two prog friends yeah. <laughs> for the very first man. time in, like, in three months or something <laughs> and it's it's so exciting and like for as much as it's great to be able to go grab a beer and stuff like we used to and yeah. stuff and just the, the to beer simply garden get out there actually, to support the venues yeah so yeah absolutely the the beer garden is actually was actually the beer garden of the backstage venue here in munich which is where like 90 percent of the metal and prog uh shows happen 
They have three different sized awesome. uh, venues, like a small club for 200 people and a, the middle venue called the Halle for 500, 600 and the big one uh, with, uh, I think, 1,200 capacity. Cool. So that's all you need. And Hopefully I'll play that. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. And then we can uh, we will do another uh, Ab and Ivory episode. We'll do on one the of these in person. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luis, it's been great talking to you. Um, I wish you guys all the best with the with the album release. Uh, it's uh, it's a killer album. Um, especially like my, Thank you so I, much, I have man. to say my, my my favorite is Explosion in the Dark. It's just just such a banger. <laughs> Big tough riffs. <laughs> That's my jam. And both Explosions in the Dark and Introvection are on my current workout uh, playlist when I go for a run. Awesome, man. Thank you. <laughs> Every second day. Um, <laughs> awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was great talking to you. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Um, listen to great music. Uh, this was Luis from Evan Ivory. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. See you next week. The broadcast is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant.